This episode is brought to you by Leo Bato and Associates, ang realtor na pato. When buying or selling your home, call Leo Bato. He has years of experience in real estate, showing honesty and integrity in every transaction. He's a person you can definitely trust. So book your appointment with Leo Bato today by giving him a call at 818-648-4837 or by visiting him on the web at www. This episode is brought to you by ABBA eServices. And the podcast will begin in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Ladies and gentlemen, live at Paco's Place, how about a big round of applause, Mr. Zach St. John. <laughs> Don't worry. In, in, in post... It'll, it'll feel like a hundred people clapping their hands, really. Oh, good. <laughs> good. How are you, Zach? Dude, what's happening, Paco? Not much, but then again, this is all about you. This episode's about you. I'm really very excited to have you here. Um, actually, when when we first communicated via email and all that, we didn't know what to make of it. We felt humbled, flattered, excited, everything else. And... Only because Michael and I are drummers, and you're a drummer. I mean, JJ is a keyboard player, so f that. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can we can tolerate that. So, but you know, the fact that we have a drummer in the studio is is special to us. So I'm kind of partial toward that because drummers are nice guys. That's we are nice guys. Yeah, and thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Straight to the point, how long have you been playing the drums? Pretty much my entire life. My father was a guitar player, musician professionally, and I, for some reason, I, they used to put headphones on my mom's belly when I was in there. They played music all the time and just naturally took to it. So from like age two, pots and pans, and my first drum kit was when I was three or four, and then still playing to this day. So since two, and I'm now 38. Why not guitars? They tried, and I tried. I mean, I have guitars, I can play guitar, but uh-huh. it was always more difficult, and drums was just something that was easy and fun. I loved it. I always loved sitting next to the drummer, like on the stage or in rehearsal, you know, whoever was playing, or and lots of, you know, my dad was fairly successful, so I got to see some really cool drummers. Right. And that was just always it. I loved it. everything about it, like how they sounded, how they looked. Yeah, so. Okay, so growing up, two years old, you were... You were banging pots and pans. When did you officially become a drummer? Officially? Like professionally? No, like amateurly, like uh, started playing real drums with people. Oh, I mean, the first pictures and shows I did were with my father. Probably six or seven on stage playing with a band. Do you remember your first song? I do. Uh, It's There were two that I learned. It was Misty Mountain Hop by Led Zeppelin. And um, it's, a, it's a Robert Plant song, Tall Cool One by Robert Plant. It was on an 80s album of his, like one of his first Like a Honey Drippers kind of thing? No, or just the solo? Uh, just his solo, like, uh, yeah, just a cool 80s song. And I grew up with like that kind of music. That's what he loved. So that's what uh-huh. I was first listening to was like 70s and 80s rock. That was definitely a child. So of more that. of like Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin, classic rock. I uh, mean, like kind uh, of the whole spectrum. Foreigner, foreigner, of course. 
right? Boston. Boston. <laughs> Journey. Yes. Oh my and God. And then in the 80s, it was like, I love like White Snake and yeah. uh, anything like that. And like, you know, we were talking about some 80s music just mm. a little a little while ago. And so anything in that genre was what I grew up listening to. And like, my dad was specific. So he's like, this is what you need to listen to. Listen so your dad to was more of like a mentor also. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Is he still around right now? He is not. Oh, I'm sorry. He passed away a few years ago. But, but 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 during your time together with your dad, was that was that your bonding moment? Oh yeah, I mean we played until I I moved out to to California after college, and I played with him up until that point. So you went to college? Yeah, I went to college in Wisconsin. Finished college? Yes. Interesting. Finished college. Why? But why did I go to college? Oh, um, well. My father went to college as well, but he just went to like a two-year technical school yeah. kind of thing, got a, got a degree. But growing up and seeing everything that he did on a daily basis, because it was his career. Right. It's what paid the bills, right? It's what paid the bills. And I saw all the difficulty he had with certain aspects of being a musician. And there's so much business that goes into... Basically, you're an entrepreneur of your own company. You're the yes. business owner. And there's so many things that I saw him struggle with, and I always thought he could do that better. And and I saw I learned a lot, a lot of lessons, and he taught me a lot about it. And, in fact, my father and mother didn't want me to be a musician. They tried their best to persuade me to do anything. But uh, I was on the path to be a veterinarian at one point, like a serious path, because I love animals. Um, and... That just didn't take. And then I went to uh, college, obviously, and I studied a lot of things. It was a liberal arts college. So mm. I, I kind of bounced around until I landed on on a business degree. Okay. And, uh, More of like marketing management or business management? It was uh, administration. So Administ it, it was Business administration. It was yeah. kind of an all-encompassing yeah. degree, which yes. is exactly what I wanted. So marketing, communications, um, and at my college, you had to take a good amount of of math and science to get your degree as well. Yeah. So it was, it was just, it was the process of applying yourself and things like calculus, which math didn't right. come the easiest to me, right. but I was, get, I just, I had to get an A in it. And there were many long nights of, uh, of just wearing headphones and studying calculus and, and things like that are what pushed me to be a musician. And, and my work ethic to this day are, you know, have a goal, set out to accomplish that goal over, you know, a period of time and there's going to be setbacks, but push through and, and you're, you know, as long as you can have that process of learning right. and applying yourself. And I learned a lot of lessons on sports teams as well. That kind of same thing, like working with your teammates and winning and oh. losing and all that stuff. I, I mean, it's truly why I've had the, what success I've had to this day or, or yes. because of, applying myself in college and struggling and having to really work hard and, and have roadblocks. And then like that, the teamwork, you know, teamwork kind of a scenario. And that really was helpful. Critical thinking. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's what you learn in college. Really? Absolutely. People think I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to make use of this physics course or this microbiology or this calculus, but no, no, no. It's the critical thinking part, like what everything that you said. Yeah. It's how to deal with all those things. Yeah. How to make decisions, how to right. present. Yeah. And there's a, and when you're in school, like there's always friends that are maybe leaning towards partying, or maybe school comes easy for them and they're like, I'm never gonna use calculus. When am I gonna when am I gonna apply this in life? And I always was like, Well, it's not so much that I'm gonna use this right. in life. Like we don't really use calculus on a daily basis. It's the 
having to have, you know, the discipline, the right? discipline yeah. of learning it and having an assignment, accomplishing it, taking a test and an exam, having that pressure and that stress and staying up late. And, you know, like it's all that, that I applied to my career every day. Yeah. So when you graduate, while you were in college, not when you graduated, while you were in college, was the music in the back burner or was it parallel to you going to college or through college it was it was parallel i i've been playing since like i said like five six years old so it was i was in many bands there in wisconsin originals covers the you know kind of the same thing while while in 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 school while in school yeah so i would i was able to drive from school you know or even during like the week i would finish school was first but then i would go drive to gigs or sessions or whatever was going on and uh, I'm going to cut you there. Yeah. Because people in the Philippines and there are people in the Philippines watching our podcast. The drummers have it good in the Philippines. The drummers in the Philippines go to a gig. The drum kit is there. All they need to do is set up the cymbals, the kick pedal and the snare drum. Not here in the states. When you said driving to a gig, you're hauling your own kit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Tell, tell, tell the audience about the experience of hauling your kit. Because I, I experienced that the first time I, I, in the Philippines since we were part of a very huge band. We had roadies. The right. first time I got here, I was, I was culture shocked. <laughs> but I want them to hear it from you. What's a typical drummer like doing cover gigs at the bar okay so man this is there's a whole lot i could talk about with this subject yeah i mean this is your episode and it's that's a really good i've never talked about this before on anything i've ever done this is great i'm super into this question (laughs) so we'll take the wisconsin experience i loved gear and i was a drummer, but I always kind of took on the leadership role in band. So I was kind of like the mm. tour manager yes. or, you know, production manager. And, uh, my dad drove a van. So I got a van obviously. And I, that was, you know, I fixed it up nice. It was a conversion band. And I like built the back. So it was like the cargo hold. And I always loved road cases. So like I had the whole thing. And <laughs> even then I put Stenciled, my, right? I put my stencil on <laughs> it. So like, you know, I'd show up and I mean, in my mind, I had a bigger goal of moving out here. Yeah. And, doing that as a thing you know and like also branding and marketing was in my mind so lots of gear packed it in the van and like you'd show up and i'd always have beautiful immaculate gear i took great care of it lots of pride in it and that's a full thing bass drum cymbals hardware yeah. hardware oh. yeah how heavy that yeah oh my God. you know what i mean going downstairs and mm. clubs you play you know yeah. upstairs downstairs you know and then we're to put the the boxes or the cases or the bags once those drum kits are right. set up yeah. yeah so that was that was wisconsin and i definitely did not have roadies okay on. that was wisconsin on a summer night we're not even talking about winter in wisconsin oh. where now the gear now your hands are freezing the gears are the same weight and all that yeah you have to when you bring it into a club they you can't take it out of the cases guitars and basses too yeah. it has to sit in the cases so it acclimates it, yes from 20 below to yes whatever it's 75 in, in the club or whatever yep so there's yeah i mean there's uh, in wisconsin being a gigging musician is some of the most respect i will give anybody because i had to do it and like to this day i know guys that do it four or five days a week 
I mean, every week, you know, they, they work their, their butts off and they travel all over. In Wisconsin, cities are not as close as they are here. Like L.A., you can play L.A., mm. but that's you can play Burbank and then you yeah. can play Orange County and you can play here in the... That's like know. 20 minutes, 30 minutes driving. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. like... Easy. It's But in Wisconsin, it's like an hour, two hours yes. to get to, to cities. Yes. So, and in the, when there's a snowstorm and you have to get to the gig, I've never canceled the gig yet. Wow. So... <laughs> <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> we were right in time, too. Uh, drummers, yeah. Drummers stick together, right? That was awesome. I'll drink to that. Cheers. Cheers to that. Uh, so, I'm t- kind of getting off topic a little no, bit. No, no, no. Yeah. This is topic. You know, uh, and then out here. So, as I was saying, I, I am a huge, I'm a gear yeah. nut. I love collecting. I love drums i love everything about it like every aspect of it so i have a nerd huge <laughs> nerd huge nerd and i probably i have 30 plus drum kits at this point 50 or 60 snares where hundreds are, of where symbols. are they they're all over i have i'm lucky enough to have a house and i i did a, a conversion like this i have yeah. a fairly large garage that i converted to my studio right and that around the studio are like it's lined with cases and drums and of all kinds. I'm, vintage drums, especially, are what I'm into now. Nice. So I have just a, everything you can ask for. So I that's just, can I can I cut in right now? Yeah, cut in. I just sold my Steve Jordan snare drum. Ah, I got it for hundred sixty bucks. As of this taping, it's on eBay right now for a thousand, a thousand two hundred. It was just sitting in storage. A friend of mine wanted it. I just gave it to him for five hundred bucks. That's that's a good friend move. That's right? great. Yeah. And now I, I see the snare drum. It looks so pristine. It looks so nice. And I'm like, that's value right there. Yeah. Okay, back to you. I just wanted. No, to that's share. great. I, that's a great snare drum. Yeah, I it think is. That was a, that's a six and a half by thirteen. Yeah. I think. Oh, yeah. what a nerd! I'm like I said, <laughs> super nerd. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but and, uh, so I have lots of drums, and I have drums all over the city. There's some in storage and in road cases. Uh-huh. There's some in Nashville. There's some that are traveling to Europe as we speak. There's some in Wisconsin yet. So there's kits everywhere, drums everywhere. Sixty. What's that? Sixty kits. Uh, Sixty snare drums, maybe a little more, but thirty drums. or so drum kits. Depending, I'm I'm always buying and selling too. Like okay. if I find something better, I'll mm. I'll sell it right. like usually I, I fix it up too so i'll get it like session ready and there's certain things you do to make a drum set that is uh specific to doing sessions so you kind of hot rod it in ways that i've learned um and so that's kind of what i do but there's a kit in my car right now i keep a kit in my car for like casual gigs um but today i was i did a music video and so there was a separate kit that was transported there um that i didn't have to carry it thankfully so it was just there waiting for me, and then. But I also have the kit that I'm going to use this week for gigs, and then, yeah. There's always equipment. There's always equipment to move, and I I just had back surgery maybe twelve months ago, about a year ago. You're you're, you're still moving your own kit up to now. Uh, so now I I have I have a roadie pretty much all the time, <laughs> and uh, good for you. My poor girlfriend Kim has been now. Uh, She's been burdened with having to carry my gear more often when we're just, you know, uh, going out. But she loves it. She she kind of loves that part. Shout out to you, Kim. Shout out to Kim on this for sure. Now, I'm going to segue and so that we can talk about everything else. Let's talk about the drum doctors. Yeah. How are you involved with it? And um, what what was the foundation 
to establish the drum doctors? Great question. So I moved here, would have been a little over 16 years ago now from Wisconsin. And I, even though I was playing live gigs and, you know, that sort of thing on all genres of music, this being a session player and being creative in that aspect and having the, the ability to play to a click track or in a studio and kind of know the how, what microphones work with drums and how to tune drums and that was just always something that I loved and came somewhat naturally to me and I I wanted to get into the session scene here in LA which is pretty much impossible to do if you're just coming off the boat from wherever yes. it is right it's a very hard scene to crack yeah. into because there's so many amazingly talented yes. musicians and drummers and percussionists so I was like what is a what's a cheat code to get into that world? So I did research and I had some friends recommend me like, well, there, there's these places there, they do uh, they cartridge and, and teching. I was like, okay, I got it. That's not really something I ever saw myself doing necessarily, but let me, let me check it out. So I sent out a resume to all of them and I went and visited them and mm. I went over, it's a uh, drum doctors is here in Glendale. So I went over the, to drum doctors and I met Ross yeah, it would have been like 16 years ago. Wow. And he, uh, we hit it off right away. I said the right things, thankfully. And and he, he likes people from the Midwest, especially. We tend to be hard workers and dependable. Yeah. So uh, Midwest is like, you know, Wisconsin. Working Michigan, class, yeah. Working class. So he was like, okay, cool. Let's give it a shot. And, uh, and, it, and it worked out. And I mean, that's. So I, in other words, the interview went something like nerd talk. Yeah. Gear talk. As, as, as minuscule and as articulate as you can possibly go. Yeah, yeah. Which is exactly what it was. And yeah, uh, I, we just hit it off and I respected him. And I didn't know a lot about him. I'd never heard of him. Uh, it wasn't something I'd ever, like, I was like, cartage. I didn't know that word yeah. cartage, which means just like transporting equipment yes. for, for people. And once I realized what drummers were part of the Drum Doctor family, it was Josh Freeze. Jim Keltner. Nice, no? Abel Boreal Jr. Ew, wow. You know, I mean, uh, the list is, goes on and on. Um, Were you familiar with them at the time? I absolutely was. Like okay. the specific session drummers, especially Jim Keltner. Oh, yeah. He is one, probably one of the greatest drummers of oh, all yeah. time. And most people don't know who he is. Um, but he's one been of on, the most recorded drummers. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So the fact that I was like, wait, I get to meet these guys and watch them in the studio and learn from them and learn from Ross what I didn't know, which that's the thing is like, you never know what you don't know. So I'm just, I'm always absorbing. And the fact that I had that opportunity was amazing to me. So I, I mean, I, I jumped in and. Plus it gets your foot in the door. And that's what, it got my foot in the door. You get to meet engineers, yeah. producers, artists. Um, every you know everybody that is in that world, and the fact that you have Josh Freeze and Abel Boreal Jr. and Jim Keltner as mentors and friends, and I mean it's priceless. It's so yeah. Who was the first um, drummer you cartaged? It was uh, I don't remember who the drummer was. I couldn't tell you his name, but it was for an artist Ryan Adams. You know, Ryan yeah, Adams. I know, I know Ryan. So Adams. it was a it was a session for Ryan Adams at Sunset Sound in Hollywood. I remember Ryan was there. Uh, yeah, right. The whole yeah, oh, it was. Wow. I mean, again, I, I wish I could remember the drummer's name, but it was his drummer. It, it wasn't like a session drummer; it was his drummer on, on the gig, and it was a 1980 Gretsch Maple Kit USA Maple. You know, who requested it? The producer, the engineer, the drummer, 
or you guys or Ross just brought it in and and said that usually <clears throat> uh, so uh will sometimes it'll be requested of like specifically they want but most of the time it's we want this kind of a sound give us what will get us this sound so nice. they're asking for that advice so that's what it was and Ross was like this is the kit Zach take it over there maybe four or five snare drums specific symbols that are going to work for the session and who tunes the drum kit you or them this episode is brought to you by Leo Bato and Associates. Ang realtor na pato. Uh, we, we tune it, yeah. So it would have been uh, Ross and myself are the two primary drum tuners at Drum Doctor. So can you imagine, like, tell me if I'm wrong or right. When you, you go into a studio, all these um, artists, producers, engineers, musicians are there. You're setting it up. And these are not snobbish people. You're having conversations with them while you're setting up. Yeah, yeah. So you're you're net you're you're building your network. I mean, yeah, it was. It it's not like you go in going, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna schmooze with these cats. It's like it's just an organic thing where exactly. you go in and yeah. like. Sometimes you run into people that are difficult, but usually everybody's really nice and yes. welcoming, and like yes. people want to teach and show, you know, because they're proud of what they're doing. So it makes it really easy to be like, oh, what? How, why do you do that with that? that microphone on that drum or, or why do we have the drums in this part of the room or oh watching a drummer with these parts oh how come for your chart i see you made your chart in a specific way why do you do that instead of like writing it all out and like all the little things of being a professional in that setting and the communication and and how to be cool and yeah and like the the delicate like eggshells that you can walk on to make sure you don't you know rock the boat and a lot of it is uh you know, just being, you know, aware. and So pretty much you were paying your dues again. Oh, yeah. I've I've moved more drums and equipment and tuned more drums <laughs> than anyone can imagine. I mean, Ross obviously has me beat on this one, but it's, it's it was, I, I'm not in as much as I used to be, but during, I mean, when we were really busy, we were doing three or four sessions a day with huge, massive artists. Like, just going back to the Grammys this year was like, I went through like the top 10 like all the winners and we did all those albums we were the drums and provided which is a small part of the process but it's still something that yeah. we're proud of and you're like we we're on those recordings with our drums and we tuned it you know and so when when did you start thinking i'm not just gonna cartage drums i'm gonna be the guy behind the drum kit like it was never a, a goal to it wasn't like I enjoyed hauling equipment, but it was definitely, I knew that if I, if I kept working at it and I kept, like I said, like learning in school, it's the same thing. And I applied myself, I go, I have the goal of transitioning to being a, you know, a, a known studio drummer and getting the call and, and I knew it took, was going to take time, but it was, it was worth it. And I, you're learning through the whole way. So it was like, it's just like going to school. I'm like, okay. So there's patience, there's a process, everything. Oh yeah. So you're, you're, you were just reapplying the mindset. Same mindset, yeah. that exact thing. Yeah. Full circle. Yeah. Obviously just the same thing I was applying in college. It was the same thing out here. So how long after joining the drum doctors did a break come your way? I worked really hard and I jumped in and I just started meeting people. It was probably a year where then I was starting to get, oh, it's kind of new people and oh, oh, Zach plays drums <laughs> and he knows how to tune drums. I was like, okay, <laughs> let's bring him in, you know? And how did it feel? I mean, it's, 
it was exciting. Like I never, no I ner- you had no nervousness, nothing. No, I never, I've never had the nervousness. It's always just been excitement and like a challenge. I like accepting challenges and getting uh-huh. to work with people. So, and the only time I've ever been nervous is like when I would be back in Wisconsin and my mom would be like, Oh, Zach, Hey, Aunt, Aunt Carol and Aunt Adele want to, uh, can you play your drums for them? Can you go upstairs and play your drum kit for them? And I'd be like, I don't want to, Mom. I don't want to play for my family or like at a family event. Like, oh, your father's going to play some some songs for the family. Can you play drums? Your, your grandma wants to see you play, Zach. And uh, I'd be like, I don't want, like playing to my family and a smaller, like 10 people is the only time I've ever like, I don't <laughs> I don't like this, but, yeah. I mean, but other than that, I love it. You have siblings? No siblings, only child. Oh, uh, yeah, you got to play for the family. Yeah, oh, no, I knew I had to. <laughs> I just didn't want to, you know? How does it feel being an only child? Loved it. Wouldn't have it any other way. Really? Really. Do you have kids? No kids. Are you planning to have kids? Not planning on it. Dang! Yeah, we're, we're both okay with it. Kim and I both. What, what, what's up with you being a cul-de-sac, a human cul-de-sac? <sighs> I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, I love kids. Uh-huh. It's just in my career and in Kim's career, we're both very busy. What does Kim do? If you uh, don't mind? She's in sales. Okay. She's in, that's busy. She's very busy. Um, so when she's in sales, like she's in Arizona as we speak on a business mm-hmm. trip and I'm always in and out. I mean, I'm, I'm gone more than I am home. Right. And just being like seeing my dad sort of give up on his dream because he had me and, and you i know he didn't regret it like they love me you were the dream i advent i turned into the dream they they want to have a child they always did they want to have you know a boy and right. i was that boy that's but the dream that was his he wanted that more than pursuing being a musician and, right. and he and he did pursue it for half the time but um he was actually he lived in san francisco for a good majority of my childhood but then you know he's like oh, i want to be home with my child and i knew that coming out here my focus is completely on my career it's that's where it is like that's my everything is drumming and and music so i couldn't i couldn't give it an honest complete 100 percent shot of having a child and and uh and luckily i found kim who has the same was the same goal but you know all my friends are having kids now and hypothetically hypothetically if one of you decide to have kids how is how is that gonna work hypothetically i I mean that's a conversation right that's that's a whole conversation (laughs) i don't we're so against it i mean do you have kids five you have five kids yeah wow should should i just take one yeah i mean can i rent one and three dogs i the dogs thing oh i had we had four dogs at one point we're down to one now but um i'm sorry yeah it's i mean it's part of i know right sad the sad reality of it but yeah i'm okay with having dogs the reason why i have dogs now is because the kids are gonna leave i mean like i have um two two teenagers i have a 26 year old son two teenagers who who kind of don't know mom and dad anymore at 14 they really gain amnesia oh no and then i have my seven-year-old daughter who now is so into demon slayer as we're doing this taping and so they all have their own little world, right? And so me and my wife were like, we have all these kids, but you know, they used to be all over us, and now they're not. Dogs. Dogs. Because <laughs> dogs are gonna be all over you. All over you. All the time. Yeah. 
You call them, they're there. Yeah. I watch TV with the dogs. Yeah. The kids don't like to watch TV with me because it's either we're watching their program, which I don't like, but the dogs will watch my shows. You're absolutely right. Dogs. Dogs. So now that you and Kim don't want kids, you're okay with that. You're pushing 40 as of this taping. Mm-hmm. Is life where you want it to be? It is. I, th- I mean, I think everybody has aspirations to be further than where they are, but that is what drives me every day. I, I am motivated by all of, by that to just keep pushing and like people around me inspire me and motivate me to work harder. When I see other drummers or other musicians like, oh, they have that opportunity. I'm just like, oh, I'm going to, that, that just drives me. Like I'm up usually around 5 a.m., 5.30 is when my day starts. I go to the gym because being a being yeah. in shape and being fit and having stamina super important and just for the mental aspect of it it really helps me and I love just being up before everybody else is and before the sun rises to have that jump start on everybody else it's just I love to start my day off like that and I I work out 6 days a week I have one day off where we just you know sleep in and hang out and go to breakfast or whatever if I happen to be home and then after that uh usually I'll go into either a session or if I have something at drum doctors on the day, I'll go and I'll take care of that. And I'm usually there for a couple hours. And then by around noon, I have to get to either rehearsal or a recording session of my own, or I I have the studio at my house. I'll have to go there for whatever songs people have sent to me virtually, Yeah, which was that, that's what got me through the pandemic, which it was, I mean, without having my studio at my house, it would have been very difficult. But because of that, I was able to, work more i mean i had so much work i had a backlog of songs i couldn't even get to them it was coming in so quickly which was wonderful it was i couldn't believe it how creative everybody got during the pandemic but uh not to get too off topic no but, no, no, no no that's topic You're and right there and then by you know by nighttime i'm going off to a rehearsal or a live gig and that's kind of my normal day so or like today i was at that music video until yeah. like later afternoon went home quickly to say hi to the puppy grab some food and then came here you know so my day is usually around 5 a.m till 9 or 10 at night and i love it i i absolutely love it and life is about balance so there's definitely times where i make sure i'm i'm attending to kim and and my own you know your own needs yeah my own needs being relaxed and taking time off and uh, or just sitting down and watching a movie with with the dog you know as you said so there is that you have to have balance i'm not a complete maniac but on a daily basis that's where i'm at to just get that goal of Okay, I'm I'm not the number one best drummer in the world yet, but I'm gonna be, and that's the mindset, you know. Do you um, read books? Yes, mainly music books. I used to read a lot more in school, but now it's just music based, like like uh, biographies and all that stuff. Magazines, biographies, anything mm. that has to do with, with with music. Yeah. So these um, these books, these are uh, recre- recreational stuff that you do. The backlog for virtual sessions that you've been doing. These are all opportunities and and self, uh, how do you say it? Self maintenance, uh, self development. Development, skills, yeah, right? absolutely. All these stories that you've been telling me, I never heard any excuse why you wouldn't do anything. You're more even when I asked you about kids, like there's an answer and not an excuse. Right. There are people out there watching, and all they have is 
if I only had this, I would have done this. If I only had this, I would have done this. You're coming off across as someone who would do things to get what they want more in life. Right. We talked about mindset. I'd like to pick your brains out. How do you see situations? Do you see them as problems or do you see them as potential opportunities? There's always a way to... If, so so say you have a, so you're saying if I have a problem, how do I address it? Maybe, yeah. So or maybe it's not a problem. Maybe it's just a situation. Just maybe. a situation? I have two yeah. bands. They have two... Um, I have two bands. <clears throat> they, they double booked. Now I'm... I have to split myself in two. That could be a problem oh. or that could be an opportunity. I right? love the scenario. That's a good scenario because that happens a lot. Scheduling yeah. is a big part of my life is trying to make sure because I play for 20 plus artists and bands. Right. Not everybody plays at the same time, but that can get yeah. difficult of trying to you know cross communicate. Especially post pandemic. Yes. I, things are blowing up right now. Right. Right. So that's a good scenario. I don't like passing up on gigs ever. I would, I've, if I can fit every gig in somehow, you know, drive 90 miles an hour to get to the other side of town to do something, I will make sure I do it. Or like if I can finagle a schedule, that's always goal one is can I make this happen and will the people I'm working with be okay with that? Okay, maybe they're not. So then in my mind, I love helping people around me. I, the, my network of friends and, and coworkers are very important to me. So in that case, that's where I go to, oh, I got some good friends, people I trust, like other drummers that I can rely on, I trust. Right. I know they're going to show up and they're going to not make me look bad and they're going to make themselves proud as well and not let my artist or client down. So in that case, I'm like, I can help my friend out, get them a gig and start to get them working. Maybe they can make some connections as well, which makes me feel good. I'm able to still make sure my client's happy. I get to go do a gig as well. Right. So then it, everybody's happy. So it's about, you know, kind of paying it forward in times like that. So that in that scenario, that's how I go about it. You know, any, any, um, when do you think diminishing returns happen with regard to that? Cause you can only take so many gigs until some, something has to give. If you're, if you're outsourcing to friends, right. You know, you know that's an opportunity for a friend to fall in love with a with a client, and now right. they're together. Right now, they're doing the tour, and you're looking over, and there are so many things you can handle only at so many times. Um, you're okay with that, or is that something that you've also considered in your head? This might come off as arrogant, as I don't mean it to be, but in my mind, like my mindset is, it, it's difficult to be a better drummer than me and to be a better person in a working environment and, and I pride myself on trying to be as professional as possible. So in my mind, it's going to be difficult to do a job better than I am. And my clients and ours are usually going to want to main, have me be the, the drummer for them, but are happy to have an, uh, you know, one of my friends do it. But at the same time, I trust the people that I'm, I'm recommending to, if I want to give them a gig, that's, that's one thing. Or if like the artist is like, you know what, you're too busy for us and we love you, Zach, but do you have somebody you can recommend to us to take over for you? I'm more than like, that's me just being professional and, and making sure that I'm doing the right thing and making somebody happy. Because if you get selfish and you're like, well, I'm, right. well, I'm, I'm upset that you don't want me to be the drummer anymore. You can't take it personally because the cliche saying is it's just business, but really yes. it is just business. And sometimes in order to make sure that somebody else is 
career and livelihood keeps going. You have to make sacrifices, but it sure. should never be something that you look down upon. It's because you're so busy that, I mean, that's a great problem to have. Now, that was a setup question because my next question is. <laughs> By the way, you did come across this arrogant. Seven inches. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's the size of your smaller Tom, right? A, the depth of my snare drum. Snare, snare, snare. <laughs> snare drum. What, what an odd size, seven. Yeah. Who, go, who goes with odd sizes? Gretsch does. I mean, lots of drum companies do. Seven? Seven inches. Yeah, that's a... I mean, six and a half is the standard. No, 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 not depth, but the radius. Oh, the radius. Yeah. Is, oh, there, I, a, is there a seven-inch drum head? Or is it? There's, I don't know if I've ever seen a seven. That's a good question. There's probably been a seven-inch drum head made just because drum companies tend to be right? creative sometimes. Uh -huh. But it's usually even numbers. Yeah. In that case, six, eight, ten, yeah. twelve. Or fourteen or whatever. There's been 11-inch drum heads. I've mm, seen those. I've seen those. Uh Especially older drums tend to be like, like when you have calfskin on it, that's usually about 11 inches. Yeah. It's like 11 and a quarter inches or Woo! something. Um, but yeah, so. Okay. I was, I was having a conversation with um, good drummers. And I, 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 to your point, to piggyback on what you just said, because what you said is something that I've been preaching, but I, I want people to hear it from you. Everybody can play drums, but not everybody can be you. That's why I said it. it wasn't arrogant when you said what you said because something has to set you apart. And me, personally, pet peeve, I've seen awesome drummers who play better than you and me. But if a deaf person was to watch them perform, they wouldn't be able to tell the difference between that awesome drummer and the drummer who just learned to play drums two days ago. Because posture-wise, visually speaking, and all that stuff, they're just, it's all, mm -hmm. there's no visuals, nothing. They sound good, yeah. but what if I'm deaf? Can't hear you. I mean, you look good. You play the part. You're not, I mean, no offense to other people playing drums, but you work hard, go to the gym, really zen yourself out to be able to go to a gig and really not only play the part, but look the part. Can we talk about the effort that goes into that? Because you can't just say, I'm the best at what I do. You mentioned a while ago that you go to the gym, you do this and all that stuff. But then again, you're investing in yourself. Please emphasize the importance of investing in yourself. Look, appearance, skill, congeniality <laughs> oh yeah yeah can we can we talk about can you piece by piece all those things and share it with the people who think that they are all that but it's more than just skills right yes that's all i wanted to say but yeah no that you that's so why well, we're gonna be here a couple hours then i don't why we? not yeah we, yeah the whiskey's this there this is great yeah can you use a refill <laughs> <laughs> give it to mike <laughs> okay. um this is a great question so when we were younger, you couldn't go on YouTube and just access any drummer or TikTok or Instagram and watch drummers from around the world and realize that uh, the, the, the talent pool and how good people are and also players of all, all musicians and artists and or whatever your interest is. You can go on any form of social media or the internet and, 
and look up people and learn from them. So everybody's piggybacking on each other to see, oh, wow, he can do that. Or I'm going to try to work and do that. This episode is brought to you by ABBA eServices. That's, that's really a, a benefit to people these days is being able to visually see and hear what other people are doing and to be motivated by that. So I think that's not really answering the question, but that's a core fundamental thing of comparing, like when you we talked about like somebody who maybe is deaf, you know, or, or blind, maybe even the yeah. youth camp, maybe there's whatever it is, like that's a, you know, kind of a hypothetical situation, but it's the, the fact that you can go in and not be the best drummer. I mean, I know, yeah. I know I'm, there's, I mean, there's drummers that can, you know, that blow us away. circles yeah. around me, yeah. but I'm great at what I do. And that's I, what I mean. And I keep working harder at it every day to, you know, accomplish certain goals. So maybe I'll see somebody will take a, what's a good topic, double bass drum, yes. uh, playing double bass. Like that's something you see a lot of because it's, it's kind of fun to watch. Uh, in, even if you're not a musician to watch somebody move their feet yeah. that fast, maybe 260, 270 BPM, that's quite an accomplishment. So, um, and it's something I'm, I'm still working on. I mean, I've played for some pretty major heavy metal heavy artists metal. and uh, not that it's my favorite forte. style of music or forte, but it's something that I want to be able to do. If I get a call, I want to be able to go, yeah, no problem. I can play that and whatever weird time signature that there is so like Vinny Kaliuta playing for Megadeth can you imagine I mean he would crush it oh my Vinny Kaliuta's like he did it actually for one album right yeah oh my god he's playing on so many albums yes of that you're you like wouldn't wait know. Yeah. it's Vinny Kaliuta but I mean that's the, exactly. exactly right he's, yeah. he's not just you know a, a pop drummer or a right. jazz drummer he can do anything but of, of so in that vein yes that's always something that I just use it to motivate myself and I think everybody should look around because we it, there's so much content available to everybody now that there's no reason that you should ever get lazy or be uh, happy with where you're at. If you're not pushing to be better every day, then you're not accomplishing your goal and and you're losing track of of so that awesome. of that you know of that prize so to speak. So it's. I think it's great. I like everything you said. They're just things to help me be better. Like I'm motivated and inspired by everybody and not just in music, other things in life. Like yesterday I was contacted by a, it was a career counselor and was just randomly they found me on, 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 on Instagram. I think it was. And she's, and she, she was a lovely person and she, and she contacted me and she's like, Hey, so I've got this guy and he wants to become a drummer. And I'm, and I responded going, does he play drums now? And and she was like, no, he he's been to a couple of hand drum circles, and I go, <laughs> okay, right, fine, no, no, if you, no if judgment, you love, yeah. no judgment. If, if that's what he wants to do, that's interesting. And she's like, can you just meet with him for like a half hour and kind of tell him about what you do? And I was like, absolutely, I'm. I would love to again inspire somebody, and like it helps me to 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 know yeah. that you know it's again if I can help somebody else with a music, you know, or whatever it might be i'm more than happy to so we sat down and and he was like yeah so you i uh i like drumming and and how do you do this and i go well i mean it takes a lot of it's a lot of work there's a lot of practicing if you knew the hours and the time that you that you spend uh, every day practicing rehearsing learning how to read music going to school uh playing with people learning the communication aspects and listening and understanding and practicing and more practicing and 
guess what? You're going to have to practice some more and you're going to have to spend a lot of money on your instrument and not get a lot back. You know, I drove around in like a car that was about $3,000 and had about 20 grand worth of gear in it for a long time. Um, and so there, there was so many so things. You were, you were, you were really giving him the real talk. I gave him the real talk. I, cause I was like, if he really wanted to do it, I'm not going to sugarcoat and be like, Oh, you know, win some, lose some. And, <laughs> And everybody can have a gig and you can do, I'm, I, I was, I'm like, listen, this is what I do. It doesn't work for everybody. And, you know, some people are very lucky and they grow up and maybe they, their best friends end up being, you know, songwriter for BTS and then make a uh, $3 million on one song. Like it just takes one song. So yeah. there, there's different scenarios where there's luck involved for sure. Yes, I mean, even yes. in my own career, being in the right place and right time are, I mean, I would say that's maybe some of the best parts, right? So you can't really ignore that but being out there and, and being in that place where maybe you have opportunity is is how i was presented i go you if you're not there and you're not out you might not meet that person where two years down the road they're gonna be like oh zach zach's a drummer and i just i saw him make a post on instagram about he's got a studio or he was doing a gig with whoever i'm gonna call zach for that because i know he can he can show up and do it and like you i mean it, that's usually like that phone call will come through and you're like hello yep oh yeah you need me to be in Vegas tomorrow to play with Corey Taylor on his oh. tour. I have to learn 25 songs tonight. <laughs> okay. So, all right. I, uh, yes. You just say yes. Oh. When this, this happened actually about uh, 10 months ago. Um, and I was like, yes, you know what I mean? My friend was the MD for the band and, and uh, their drummer got COVID the night before the tour started. So that's a scenario where I hadn't really done anything. I hadn't even seen him for like two years and the call came through and it was one of the bigger gigs I had ever done playing with Corey Taylor. Who's uh, if you, if you don't know out there, it's Slipknot, Stone Sour. Yeah. He's got his own career. So he's a very accomplished musician, brilliant, brilliant songwriter and, and person. And, uh, I took the opportunity and you know, it was, I, I don't get anxiety ever. It was the only time I'd ever had anxiety because I had to stay up all night learning the music. And then I had to, we had a, uh, Kim drove while I charted okay. songs yeah, in the car. Yeah, I was going to say, who charted? Yeah. Okay. So uh, we jumped in the car early that morning because I had to be to sound check and, you know, by like one in the afternoon. Right. And it's about a five hour drive from LA to Vegas. So I charted in the car listening to the songs and we got there. I didn't, got the, I didn't get to play anything. And uh, it was a lot of new music from him and like Stone Sour and Slipknot are not easy songs to yeah, play. Yeah, yeah. So there's, you know, a lot involved in the arrangements and the actual uh, pulling it off and you showed up and we ran through some stuff in rehearsal. I charted some more and, and luckily Corey and the band, uh, were just, they're fantastic. Right. Some, some of the best musicians I've ever met. Speaking of Slipknot, who's, who's Slipknot's new drummer? Jay Weinberg. Yeah. Max Weinberg's son. Yeah. 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 Jordy James. I mean, didn't he pass away? He did pass away. Yeah. It's a, it's a sad story, you know, substance issue, and there's more involved that I don't know about it. But uh, some of his parts and what he did for that genre of music, it, amazing, uh, amazing. Uh, yeah. So I think people think of Jay as the drummer now, but Joey is, I mean, all time amazing, influential in both drumming and as a musician. So going back to what you just said, no, because image is part of the whole package, but. Based on that story, when like like gigging for Corey Taylor, playing twenty songs, learning it overnight, that's, I mean, that's the 
definition of luck, really, preparedness, meeting opportunity. Precisely, exactly. That's exactly what that is. And it's like when you're working every day, any day could be the big day. Any day, yeah. So you just keep working, but that motivates. Right. That, that's why I go, you know, today is just, you know, Tuesday, May 3rd, 4th. What is the day today? Anyway, whatever today is. <laughs> it's like, right? this, you know what? I'm going to get up and today could be a day where something amazing happens. And if not, I'm going to still do my best in everything I'm doing and work hard. And and maybe tomorrow's the day, or, you know, maybe next week it's, something's going to happen. And at the same time, I'm I'm so in love with drumming and music that I'm just happy to be alive and being able to go Amen. play drums you know, and make music with people. And today was, like I said, it was the music video and just getting to hang out with, you know, three of my best friends now and a band that I love being a part of. And we have an album coming out and it's exciting. And we were set up. I can't tell you a lot about it. I was told to keep it secret until yeah. the, 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 until the video drops. Did you play the drums on the recording or just the music video? I did also play the drums on the recording. Yeah, we actually recorded at uh, Dave Grohl's 606 Studios. Right, nice. Yeah, no? that's where we did the album. Did you meet Dave? Did, I, I didn't meet Dave that day, but I met Dave many times before. Yeah, Nice guy, no? Very nice guy. Taylor was a fantastic <sighs> yeah, God, God bless his soul. Just, yeah. I'm still shock i'm in shock from it like i was he was one of my favorite dave and taylor were two of my favorite drummers growing up into the you know to this day yeah so let's talk about frustration and rejection because that's that's an everyday thing too absolutely but um i won't get ahead of you because um the way i perceive you when you're grateful every day that's that's a good mindset and that's a good heart to have yeah the gratefulness but rejection is real and emotions are real how do you deal with them? Rejection happens all the time. You, you don't, you can't, you know, you can't predict it. It just happens. And sometimes it's from a place that you don't think it's going to come from. And maybe it's really intense. And maybe it's just something you can kind of brush off and move around. And maybe it's something that takes a year or, or more to work around. So rejection is something that everybody's going to hit in their career. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're the most, if you're the best drummer in the world, the mo in the most successful band, there's going to be rejection. There's going to be somebody's going to say something on social media that's going to be just demeaning and like right. eat you up from the inside. And it's really how you handle it. That set, you know, people apart. And, uh, I really, I, I to piggyback off that, I want to make sure we talk about like mental health. Yeah. It's something I care a lot about. Thank you for bringing it um, up. My, my brother died of suicide. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's why mental health is, it's really close to my heart. Um, me too. Um, so there's a band I play for now that I really want to talk about it tonight. Um, yeah. But now especially knowing that about your brother. But everybody's going to hit setbacks and rejection and have problems in their life and heartbreak. And, yes. you know, friends and family are going to pass away and animals are going to pass away. And you're going to lose a gig or, you know, you're going to have an injury. Like my when I had my, I just your got back. my back surgery and other ailments that tend to creep up on you as, as we get older in age. Yeah. So that in itself, those roadblocks that come up, and it's just, again, working through it. So you just make don't don't glaze over this mental health. I won't. Topic. I, I, I just yeah. it's getting getting to the point of like everybody has rejection and everybody has difficulties in their life. Like that's when I go around and maybe somebody is not paying attention at the wheel or they're rude to me in line at Starbucks or maybe you know I I never my first reaction isn't to get angry is to be like okay. Maybe they're just having a, a bad day, a really bad day. Take it for a grain of salt. I mean, you know, I'm not saying like being somebody's going to come up and punch me in the face. Like that's one that's, thing. Yeah. Uh, but if, you know, if somebody treats you, I just kill them with kindness. 
I, I've never been one to yell back at somebody. I'm just like, hey, sorry about that. Well, I, there must be a misunderstanding. How do we work through it? Like, that's the way I go about rejection. And, and that's kind of a metaphor for even in music. If I like lose a gig or somebody's like, Zach, you really messed that up. I go, oh, okay. I'm, I didn't mean to, but tell me how I did. And so I don't do it next time. If you Correct. can at least do that so I can better myself. Communication and, also and is not, important. And I, th I think the worst mindset is to be like, oh, God, I, I suck. I'm, I'm, I'm never going to be good. I'm just going to give up. Um, not that I haven't ever thought that. Every, I think anybody, that's just the natural reaction. It's, it's to just kind of stop that thought and be like, okay, take a breath, focus on something else. What are good things happening in my life right now? And Ooh. the sun's out. Maybe I'm just happy that my, my dog is alive and I get to go take him. Those little, little grateful moments, right? Yes. And I, again, people's lives can get very difficult. And there's lots of things that I can't even imagine people have to deal with. Um, and so that's where the mental health thing comes in. And a band that I, I started with some, some session friends, they're all session players around LA, singer, bass player, guitar player, um, keyboard player, and myself, all session musicians. And we, uh, I wasn't actually a fan of Linkin Park, but I obviously knew who Linkin Park was. Yeah. And then when Chester had passed away, uh, you know, yeah, he, suicide, from suicide yeah. um, it was it, it hit hard and the, around that time there were a couple others like chris cornell was another yes. one it was there seemed to be a string i mm. mean yeah so exactly and uh my friend chris hodges who's the who's the singer in this particular band he goes i love lincoln park and our friend aj bass player he loves lincoln park would have you ever done anything have you done a tribute band i go i've heard of them but i've never done a tribute band i've just gone like you know, a variety cover band or the 80s yeah. band or like, yeah. which I'm, I'm still in. And like we were talking about how you do that too. And I was like, no, but that sounds fun. So you just play at Lincoln Park as like a show. You like, do I have to dress up like <laughs> them or something? And they go, not really. Like the, luckily the singer kind of looks like Chester. And okay. uh, and then our other singer, keyboard player, guitar player looks like Mike Shinoda, Mike Shinoda. a little bit. Uh -huh. So it's a really cool thing. And then me, the bass player and guitar player, we we tip our hat in some ways to the you know Lincoln Park yeah um, but we're like let's let's do this and one of the main goals was because we're like oh listen this is this is something that's happening all over mm. we don't want to we want to use this as an opportunity to help people and so immediately we contacted uh, Chester's wife we made sure we're gonna, we're gonna we have this idea to do this and we we contacted uh, Warner nice. Brothers and their management we're like we didn't need to like there's lots of Lincoln Park yeah. tribute bands but. For us, it was about doing it for not just a a gig and the a gig to, and to play with our friends, but also to help people and have a reason why we're doing this tribute band, and we take it really seriously. And we started about three years ago. The band's called In the End, obviously after the song oh. In the End, and we uh, we started playing and we did a couple small little gigs. But our main thing was, hey, we're here to help all of you. Please come out there. Show we're, we're you can come talk to us about anything and we also donate uh portions of our salary and our merch merchandise sales to mental health Amen. uh groups and awareness yeah. uh foundations across the board there's a bunch that we we work with on on a weekly basis and we do that and it just it started to just expand and blow up and we were like people were coming up to us and telling us these stories and and it was just, it, it really affected us. Like we were just, we were getting to tears hearing about these people. And 
they're like, thank you so much for playing these songs. And to, like, I, I thought about killing myself this morning. And because Ooh. I had the show to go to, I was like, I'm going to go to it. And, you know, and now that I've watched you guys play these songs, it gave me purpose to continue to, to tomorrow. And, and usually they're like, I don't know about after that, but I made it through tonight and tomorrow's going to be a better day because yeah. of it. And that's exactly what we're, we're just like one day at a time. We're like, here, look us up on social media. Here, here's my phone number. Call me. If you were in a state where you're like, I don't know what I'm, uh, this is, I'm, I don't, I think this is it. I don't want to live anymore. That's when you call us. And like, we, we've, we've been trained by, by different mental health professionals yeah. and we're, we're not professionals at all. Like we don't pretend to be. And if we, somebody comes up to us with a question or, or a situation, we don't know what to do with, we like, I can't help you here. Give me a hug. It's going to be okay. Don't do anything that you're going to regret or that your family and friends are going to regret. And we take it from that step and just try to help people. And I, it makes us feel great. And we, we love playing the music now. Like I'm now a Lincoln park fan. Like once, <laughs> once you dive into 30 plus songs yeah. of, of a band like that and you realize this is, this is amazing. These songs genius, are genius though. songwriting yeah. and like getting to, to see the reaction of the fans that come out. They trust us with doing the music justice and, and, uh, Has and, any of the band members come out to see you guys? Not that we know. We've had a couple of uh, of like, ugh, we had the one of the bass players that had been toured with them came out one night. We're close with their management, and uh -huh. we, we played a gig uh, last weekend. Mm. And their their main marketing manager, uh, Adam, came out. He sat in with us, and I know that they're aware that we're doing it. One day, Mike Shinoda is going to come out to the show. Mike, if you're out there, come Shout sing with out, us. Shout out, yeah. Shout out, Mike Shinoda. We love you. Um, so we don't do it for that reason. We do it because we, we love playing the music. Now we love helping people. It's a really fun gig and to get to see the look on people's faces when we're but playing. You know what? This is so nice because without knowing who Lincoln Park is, but knowing Chester Bennington's story and now you talking to me this way and talking to the audience this way, it's become sort of like your advocacy to to really create to really you know just spread mental health awareness yes and that's just in this day and age and during the pandemic it was something that reared its head up in a way that i don't think anybody was pre prepared for you know i mean to get through the last couple of years right. of being locked in your house with yes you know your significant other or family and dealing with that and having rejection from not being able to work financial hardships right i mean we went through from murder hornets to to Black Lives Matter to you know changing presidents, whether it didn't yeah. matter what side you're on, but lots of hate, yeah. lots of too change too, and turmoil, too divisive, right? Yeah, yeah so a stuff. lot of stuff. Depending, it doesn't matter what side you're on, because I mean, you know, there was just there's just lots of uneasiness in the world and continues to be. I mean, now we have you know the war in Ukraine, uh -huh. so there's lots of of turmoil in just the stock market and people having jobs the next day or losing money or whatever it is to, uh, and it's just a very difficult time to be alive and a human and it's great to get to play shows again and have people start to show up and have them you know not be afraid to leave the house and you know covid's still a very real thing yeah so it is i take it very seriously i have not gotten it yet and i get tested yeah oh it's uh it, it's a very serious thing and it's still out there and I, I think it's kind of it's kind of went on the back burner but uh it's something that could there could be a huge surge again and we could yeah. go back to, to you know to ground zero in, in no time you know if it's something there was an outbreak of whatever variant or whatever so 
I think about that. And I just think it's it's great that things are opening back up and we can start to play music for people again and give them something to look forward to. You know, in our small part, it's you know, there's many other things people can do and and see and and movies and right. art and but for me, it's it's great to be able to play in in that band and help people. This episode is brought to you by Leo Bato and Associates, ang realtor na pato. So all these things are happening. We know that something else is looming out there that could happen, that could change everything that, that we have right now. You have an advocacy that that you really are focused on. You have a giving heart. You're young. What's next for you? What's next? I obviously have huge goals both micro and macro or short-term long-term so there's you know i want to hear what the short term is short term okay so first <laughs> short term is, is that i don't want to hear the no thing? it's short term is i mean it's just about the gigs i have this week so my short term is being prepared for what gigs i have this week i have a session tomorrow uh-huh i have live gigs this weekend i've got some rehearsals and it's just about being prepared and ready so that I don't let people down. Like right. my nightmares are showing up to a gig and I forget something like a, <sighs> my sticks or or a symbol or something. And the or other a specific instrument that's needed for a specific right. song. Yeah, exactly. As not have being prepared and then not knowing the music. Like I have a recurring nightmare of like I'm on stage in front of thousands of people and I wait, I don't know the songs. And those are my nightmares. Do you so. read while playing? Sorry, I'm 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 going. I'm, no, I'm good asking. question. I I find myself yes. I, I read music. I every musician, you should learn to read music the while playing. While playing, because me, I, I I'll read music during rehearsal, but when I perform, I'd rather be oh in, interacting with. Because I hate it when I see musicians looking at the chart while while they're performing live. I'm like. Oh. I see. Okay, so two different things. You sh- everybody should be able to read music. So Amen. this is this is a public service announcement. To I agree. Listening. <clears throat> you should be able to have a theoretical knowledge of how to read, count, yes, and understand what you're doing. And it's very easy these days. So that's one thing. So yes, I chart out every song right. that I I've learned. Like I'm when I'm playing with that many bands and artists, I can't memorize. 500 songs this is not possible so i've got a great system down of charting it out spending the time learning the song all the like i chart out the full song and then i put it on an ipad i scan it into my ipad it's a very specific system i have but learn what, whatever your system is everybody have, has a different yeah. system so that's kind of what i do but in rehearsals kind of go through it and sometimes, depending on how new the gig is, I might sneak an iPad like underneath my hat yeah. so nobody can see it. But if I'm like, okay, after the second chorus, what do we do? What's the bridge right. for this? I can look down. Is there a vamp? Are there specific notes that needed right. that needs to be played? Again, that's sometimes. But to your point, live, it's about the performance, and yes. you want to make sure that you're not stuck in reading music, unless it's like if it's a. There's specific gigs where it's where it's okay. Orchestra. Yes. Or like certain jazz gigs where yes. you're reading charts because yes. there's I mean, there's lots going on, but that's right. kind of expected. So there's some scenarios, but 
normal gigs that I do live, that's not the thing. Like when you're on stage in front of lots of people, they expect you to, you, I don't want to connect mm. with them. Mm. I don't want to just be buried in my, my iPad. Like that's no fun for me. It's no fun for people watching. Yes. So that there is a difference. Yeah. Sometimes you have to, um, you know, uh, it's just, you can't memorize everything all the time, but do not, you know, it don't use it as a crutch. It's this, it's there just in case it's your little, it's your soft little baby blanket if you need it. So to when speak. you're charting, so let's say, give me a song. Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing. You're learning it for the first time. There's a play on the ride. There's a play on the, on the Tom, on the, on the hi-hat, on the snare and the kick, right? When you chart, do you write it specifically like Steve Smith played it? Or are you going to somehow get it through the first night if it's the first time playing, just charting in terms of, okay, now it's the intro, the verse, the chorus, goes to the bridge and all that stuff. Now that's charted. How do you write it? I tend to be a perfectionist. and OCD. I, OCD, <laughs> as we talked about. So I do, I, I mean, if I'm, if I'm hanging out at a bar and like somebody's like, hey, come sit in Zach. Do you know this song? I'll be like, I've heard it. I can probably get through it with if you give me some cues. Yes. Then it's different. But yes. if I'm hired to do, if I don't care how last minute it is, I will chart it out as it was played so that I don't like, I don't want to not cue maybe a band member is used to right. fill. And like, um, Don't Stop is actually a good example. It's a mm. song that everybody knows, but yeah. being drummers, you it's not, that's not a very easy song to play. No, There's a it's, whole lot It's all linear. On. Yeah. So you've got basically, Left hand on the hi-hat. Left hand on the hi-hat the whole time. And then you've got a uh -huh. rhythm, specific rhythms on the toms, Bing, uh, bell yeah. of the ride, yes. snare drum. So if you don't play that right, if you're just being like, Do, don't stop, uh -huh. like you change the feel of the song, right? So, I mean, I would never show up to a gig is the answer. And I would I would learn it as it was performed by the drummer as, as yes. it was expected of me to perform it. Yeah. Okay, good. Long-term goals. So short-term goals, we talked about uh, just uh, rehearsals, doing that, the gigs, yeah, the day-to-day, -day, that's yeah. short-term, and you're doing that. What, what, what's a long-term goal? Long-term goals? We know there's no kids, so. No kids. No kids. But other long-term goals are just success-based and just keep climbing the ladder. I, I think in any career, you should be continually climbing that ladder and like pushing yourself. And that's the same thing for me. It's, I mean, my goal is to keep building my career up with a bigger band and a bigger band and maintain the bands I play with. I love playing. I love playing with all different styles of music and all different people. Like it's something I just, I love the chaos and the, the changing up of styles and specific drums that I bring to accomplish a specific sound. Um, but really it's, I want to play in the number one band in the world. I want to play with somebody that, you know, and it's really, I mean, it's for, I look back of like, it's probably petty, but like no. my family and my mom and like friends that I grew up with, they're like, you know, oh, wow. Holy crap. Zach's playing with them now. Oh, Zach's on the Grammys tonight performing on the Grammys or Zach's on the Super Bowl. Like that's, and I've, I've seen it with friends that I made since I moved here. Like they've accomplished that goal. Um, of those things I go, Oh, if you work hard enough, it's, it's possible. It like, right. it's my dream. Like that I've been working towards since I was two years old, basically like it's my dream. And if you work hard enough, you might not get it, but 
if you don't try your 100% best and go for it, like I would, I would have regrets my whole life. And the one thing is I, I live life and I don't want to have regrets. I have to try my best and work my hardest to get it. So that's the long term term goal of just being the most famous drummer, best drummer I can be in my world. You know what I mean? But you know that if you're part of the number one band, you know that you can't play all the musics that all the music that you've played, right? Yeah, but what a great problem to have to be like, hey, right? All my friends of that are maybe struggling, or they want to have that next gig of that next level. I'm be like. Here, you you know what? Because you're so good at what you're doing, and I see myself in you. Here's this gig, and I'm, you know what I mean. I'm, that's like I said, that's a great problem to have. Right. If I'm so busy with one band that's got hit songs all over the place, and we're touring the world, you know, 365 days of, of the year, same year, songs every night. At that point, like that, that becomes your job is to play those songs and to give your 110 percent best performance. I mean, and I've talked to, you know. Yeah, rock quote, quote unquote rock stars, rock stars or pop stars that have to do that. They have to play those same songs every night. I mean, and being in like cover bands, you know, I'd be like, okay, I've played Sweet Home Alabama a lot. Right. I don't necessarily like doing it, but you know what? The people in the audience love it, so I have to remember. I still give it a hundred percent effort to play Sweet Home Alabama. True. Whenever it comes up in the set list or whatever the song is, everybody's yeah. got a song. They're like, ugh. Uh. <laughs> You know, everybody has that. Yeah. And you're like, well, I thought you loved, you're a musician. You love playing music. Well, yeah, but <laughs> I played that song 1,000 times. And uh, so, I mean, but yeah, that's yeah. that's being a professional and, and being an artist is, okay, the people want to hear it. I'm, I'm only up here because of all the people out in the audience and the people buying the, you know, the albums or listening to us on Spotify or Pandora. It's because of them that I get to have a job. So if I don't do my best to make sure that they hear this song in the best way I can present it, then, I mean, what's the point? So. Right. Let's talk about the music that you have out there published. How many bands are you in right now, like permanently in right now? A lot. Not, of, not session. Huh? Right. So, this, the term session kind of gets, it's a little, it's a gray area. So, when I say, when I personally say session, I mean I am in a studio or my studio recording music for somebody. Okay, so that's not part of it. That's not part of it. But also, it has to be like if JJ, Mike, you and me put up a band. Yeah, that's our band. Our band yeah. oh, that I'm like I'm an actual member yes. of. There's maybe five acts that I play with where I'm actually like a member. Like you have, um, you have, a, you have this deciding power. Ooh, deciding power. That probably comes down to three, maybe four bands. Then. Okay, yeah. Yeah, deciding power. I mean, even we'll take a... Oh, here's... I'll give you a scenario. Okay, so I play for a lot of bands where I'm hired to come in yes. and I play for an artist. Yes. I'm a member of the band, Yes. but I don't get to make decisions. I show Correct. up and I do my job. Uh, I get paid a salary to keep my mouth shut sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot Cheers. of it. Cheers to that, right? Um, I am a good employee in those cases, and I'm happy to. I mean, I love it. I don't. I don't play for anybody that I don't respect and love playing for. So that's first and foremost. Like, if so, was, I guess I'm. I'm talking about shareholder, where you're a shareholder. There I gotcha. Go. Um, yeah. So I would say currently there's four four groups currently. Um, here, I'll, I'll give you a scenario. We'll talk about what I did today with. Uh, it's the band, the Black Star Riders. Okay, we're Rock. not. We're not talking about the the thing that you did. We can talk about that, the Black Star Riders? Yeah, we can talk about Black Star Riders. Okay. So, um, 
yeah, so I can't tell you what the music video was today okay. just because we're going to release it in, uh, coming up in like a month. Okay. So it was just we were going to keep it secret so the reveal is cool. So this band, uh, I knew about them because I'm I'm in music, but there's a band called Thin Lizzy. Do you remember Thin yeah. Lizzy? Okay. So the the founding singer and songwriter, Phil Lynott, uh, passed away. And they've kind of had a revolving door of, of singers and, and like versions of the group. And the most recent version in the mid 2000s wanted to start writing new original music and the Lenat estate didn't allow it. They said, no, you, we, yeah, we're not that you can't write under the thin Lizzie name. Right. So the band members decided just, okay, well we can't do it. And they are going to start a new band called the black star writers. And so that, that's how the band came to be and they had a, a different drummer leading up until uh, about two years ago and they they uh they approached me they go hey we went and had lunch at uh, barney's beanery uh -huh. in, in, hollywood, in hollywood west hollywood yeah and i love that place i love that place too it's a good hang yeah and we hit it off the the guys in the band are just the coolest dudes uh and it was pretty easy like they're like hey zach you're let's do this you're in the band let's record the album and then we're gonna tour the world like it was that that kind of a thing and they're like but it's not a for hire thing you are a member of the band we want to portray it as that that's what we are and uh it's a huge opportunity for me to be a member of a band of that caliber and that of that level and maybe not everybody out there knows of them but it's fantastic music um they in the u.s they usually are an opening band for like uh like def leppard or right. Ju judas priest or journey like that kind of thing they're the opening band here but in like the uk they are they're big they are the headliner they right. they are that level there um so yeah starting in december that's when we start touring and and that'll be a huge opportunity for me to be a member of a band in that case and there's okay. a few others before we talk about the few others how does it how does it feel being an employee here where you get paid a salary and here black star rider you're getting paid equity which right now is kind of equity yeah <laughs> you yeah know what I mean? it's like it's it's, it's just where it's just a word eqi yeah it's eqi uh, <laughs> it's i mean for me um there's a term mailbox money have you ever heard that yeah term, mailbox money yeah so in the way i understand it is that you are so you if you play on an album yep and you're a member of the band or, yep. or you if your music gets like uh if published I, yeah or even published even, or if it's in a movie uh, or on a commercial secret, yeah if it gets you know um then that's called mailbox money so yes. you're not just paid for that specific session or for that album it's you get money it's for life it's just for life it keeps yeah. coming in which as a musician there there's only a few ways to kind of keep building up your income every year short of writing that hit song yes. that makes you three million dollars which mm -hmm. that's i mean that's a rarity i'm i that's not something i that i do well i can't write a hit song you know what i mean so i can plan a hit song <laughs> why okay never mind oh okay no i mean I just know what I'm great at. Oh, yeah, like, okay, you know okay. what I mean? It's a, also, that's a big part of like, I know what I can do incredibly well. And I also right. know what I don't excel at so much. It's not that I don't work hard at being a songwriter. I just, it's just not something that comes 
You At know? least you're honest with yourself. That's yeah. self-assessment also. That's right. important. I try to spend my time in things that I know I can improve upon and yeah. that's going to get me to that short-term yes. and long-term yes. goal. Long-term goal will be become a better songwriter. I have lots of long-term goals. Goals. So, okay, we, we veered off. Um, but mailbox money, it's having that money that builds up so you have more and more every month where right. you can be working your a- your butt. Can I say ass? Yeah, you can say whatever you want Working to say. my ass off. Uh-huh. And um, you can only make so much money. You only have so many hours in the day to work your ass off. And so the only way to really kind of start building up. You know your mom's going to be watching this, right? Does she my allow mom, you to say my mom's, ass? My mom's got a mouth like a sailor. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. Sorry, mom. You don't. You're, my mom is a saint. John. Saint John, yeah. yeah She's uh, a saint. John, yeah. I've only heard her swear five or six times in her entire life. Okay, uh, okay, go mailbox money. Mailbox money. So you can, can only, work, yeah. There's only so many hours in the day that you can only do so many gigs that give you that compensation. So, um, being in a band or being on an album or getting a placement in a movie or commercial is the way that Amen. You can get that mailbox money that starts to build up in a crew, and so you have it coming in when you're on vacation. Like being a musician, I don't get. We don't get two weeks vacation and like oh. bonuses or anything. Like if I don't work, I don't make money. So yep. that's something that will also motivates me to stay really busy. I'm a bit of a workaholic. And uh, Kim will tell you, my girlfriend will be like, why don't we, we, we have to go on a vacation. I want a week of vacation with you. I'm like, well, it's easy for you to say you get, you know, you get, yeah, you get she money. Gets vacation. Yeah. So, yeah, so uh, PTO. Yeah, exactly. We don't have that. So that's always something, but that mailbox money Ooh. starts to allow you to do things like that. That's our vacation money. So you, that starts to build up. Um, so that's a big goal. And that's something that's great about being a member of a band and this particular album. It's, uh, not, I, it's not me saying it. This is the label. These are the people that have heard it. There's e- probably seven or eight hit songs on it this that are going to go nice. number one. This is nice. And I've never been to something of that caliber. Are where you I'm excited? So we're all super excited. Yeah. So there's just one band. There are two other bands. How about the other bands? You have equity in that too. Yes. Um, so the one of the other bands is the, the In The End group, which that's just a tribute band. Okay. But uh, I'm a founding member and one of the business partners. So we have, we're accruing money um, through sales. It's nice, and, right? So that's one of like I, in the that, end. In, in the end, well, again, that's not just a passion project; it's something we believe in. So that's the, that's one of the, the the second one. The third one is a band called Ash and Moon, which it's another kind of legacy act. It's um, there's a band called In Excess, yeah, which I mean, I'm crazy how good they are. I mean, I love In Excess. I nice. always did. So Gary Beers was the bass player in Excess, founding member, and um, was in the band until you know it it, it stopped after Michael passed away, and. Another, yeah, I mean, that was another tragic incident. Yeah, so, right. Gary and one of my dear friends, Toby Rand, who is from Australia, they're both from Australia, and uh, he had success. He was on uh, on the, what show was it? It's, it was uh, Rockstar Supernova, I think was the one, if you guys remember that show. Yeah. So, Toby was on that, so that's how he got, uh, he got known, and he's one of the best singers I've ever worked with. He's amazingly talented. So who's a new singer enough in excess? I mean, no, but Toby was going to be the singer, right. but they're but not someone. JD, uh, who, who, who? Oh yeah. So they they, they were going to try to tour, and then it they it got kiboshed for specific reasons. So oh. yeah. Um, but after he uh, JD Fortune was it? Yeah, yeah. He, he uh, yeah he he kind of bowed out, and then they were going to bring Toby in, 
and uh for reasons that are you know within the band they're they're not going to tour so it was kind of the same thing of like well gary wanted to play toby was gonna available be available and uh another couple guys in town they kind of started playing and it was the same thing of like all right we know zach let's bring zach in and uh so and gary beers is with you gary beers my my boy i love gary we're, we're like yeah. did he play on the original did he play on original sin everything yeah Dang. he did everything and you get to play that with him it's insane getting to play suicide blonde and oh yeah i mean the the thickest thieves i mean it's endless it's, it's, so how do you play i need you tonight you really play it on the on the side of the rims i do it verbatim oh yeah yeah that's good this episode is brought to you by Abba E Services. Are you a singer? No. I am. You sing? You don't sing? No, I wish. Ooh, every drummer should sing. But I, I did sing. It's our I fifth mean, limb or sixth limb, depending if we're... The, you know, I do talk, so I'm the most... You do, I figured I'm, you sang, too. I'm the only extrovert in the band, so everybody wants me to talk. But, well, I write the songs for the band with JJ, and um, I think... It's so weird. I don't sing, but I sang the band's biggest hit. Ooh. Does that make sense? It, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> well, that would be, yeah, I'm glad I'm not the singer. But Gary Beers, huh? And yeah, who else? Yeah. Toby plays, Toby sings. Toby sings and plays some acoustic guitar. And then and we you're have, on that. What's that? The, so who's not there? The Ferris Brothers. Yeah, so the, Fer, the Ferris Brothers are, um, they're kind of doing their own thing and uh, they, they're not wanting to tour and do the band which i mean michael was i mean that was a shock to them obviously like how that went down and yeah. they just kind of feel it's it's best to just not tour maybe they will one day you know what i mean and um but right now that that's our pro like that's our band so how and, does it feel playing with them i mean uh god they're pains in my ass no <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it's it's great um getting to play those songs and then we, the we, the first album came out in 2018 19 2019 the, the our, our album is fantastic and uh during covid um we were we, like right before it, the pandemic like we were just on this t trajectory of gigs coming in and like we had offers and management and the album dropped and it's it's definitely one of those tragic scenarios of because of the pandemic right. it took all the wind out of the sail um but now we're starting to regroup and and we're you know writing new songs to to get what's the name of the band uh, ash and moon ash and moon yeah ash and moon ashen ashen ash and moon yeah um fan, the, the music's fantastic the fact that we get to play some of these legendary songs with gary and having toby's voice on them who's just a phenomenal singer and like again some of my best friends are, are in the band did so. you sing on this album I, I did not sing but i sing live mm. i i'm i'm a singing drummer which is also a reason i get some gigs thankfully as i can sing and play it's it's that fifth would limb. you get a gig of you being the front man standing up in front oh my god i don't even like doing karaoke <laughs> I like being, listen, I like, I love performing. I love people watching me. I'm uh -huh. definitely, it's one of the, you know, hey ladies, <laughs> you see me twirl my stick. Like that's part of it. But yeah, uh, but I like where I like sitting down. I like the comfort of not being in the front. Um, I like, I, 
I love playing drums and I, but I love singing as well. Like harmonizing and like being on that side of things is really fun for me. Like the harmony aspect and filling in the gaps and like vibing with the singer. Are, but you know, you fun. know, you do have frontman um, attributes, right? I'm not the first to say that, right? Listen, would I go out in front and, uh, hey everybody, I'm Zach. Yeah. Welcome to the show. But sing, like being a lead singer, you have to have a certain charisma and. Don't you? And. I have charisma, but I don't have a specific lead singer charisma. That's that's you. So that's you saying it, right? That's not other people saying it. It's like someone telling um, Adam Levine, you know, we'll get um, Jimmy Valentine to play guitar so you can just focus on singing, because you know he was the guitar player yeah. for Maroon Five, yeah. right? I mean, Adam can play like all, Jimmy. Yeah, like, all instruments, but uh, yeah. but yeah, I mean, Adam plays drums too. So He's what? A if, good drummer. So what if some? What if the label goes? You know what? You know what, Zach. Ditch the drums. First of all, I got to work on my, my six-pack so I can take my shirt off, which I don't have. I do like to, I like food and I like drinking, so there, I don't have my six-pack yet. So short of that, um, no, I mean, you know, lead singers are wired differently. They, they are wired differently. They are. They have a certain thing that makes them crazy and drives me nuts, but they also, are. and that's not, I'm not being derogatory. Like no. they to be able to go out in front of a stage yeah. and like look people in the eyes yeah. and like and like they mean it and they don't have anything in front of them yeah like they i mean that's a true connection like that's a skill yeah. that i that i mean ugh. I, I i can't sing like toby and i can't sing like some of the you know the like ricky and and black star writers i can't sing like chris from in the end so for me it's like i'm great supporting somebody else i'm great at harmonies i love being on stage i love performing Will I go out and talk to people? I have no problem being the center of attention, but lead singers are wired differently, and, and and I know that I can't do it as well as them. So why would I not have them do it versus me? That's my mentality. I get it. Here's what I don't get, Ooh. but I'd like to get this. Get this. Only child. Center of attention. <laughs> Actually, has a giving heart. How did that happen? Yeah, am I, am I, are you are you seeing where I'm coming from? You were born into a musical family. You sing, you play drums, you're good looking, you're the center of attention, and you end up wanting to be behind the drums. And you're not selfish. You're blessed. You're wired differently. Yes. How? Wired differently. I, I mean, I, I'd have to. I Did you and your dad have this conversation? Son, why are you? No. Why don't you sing? Because I'm pretty sure your dad caught you singing and he knew that you were good. He said, no, I'm, my, my dad led, like, my parents. I'm, okay, the easy answer to this is parents i had fantastic parents i was lucky not everybody has parents that believe is that in because them you and, said ass and now you're trying to yeah mom i love you okay. no. <laughs> I'm trying to think if she ever said the f word probably once or twice. <laughs> maybe maybe once okay go yeah you, you had fantastic parents yeah my mom and dad were fantastic you know and uh being great examples and seeing how my dad helped people and and my mom is a just absolute amazing soul of a person and just seeing that and um, other family members too. And like, you know, um, I always tried to avoid, like I, luckily I was, I was 
intelligent enough growing up to like i didn't surround myself with people that were toxic or negative to me yeah so my friends too like just great people and i, I come from wisconsin in general like school was we didn't have i mean there, there's always bullies but like I had a great education. I didn't I didn't have to grow up in a bad neighborhood. Right. So and the fact that I grew up in a small little town and, and you know, just outside Green Bay and my parents were fantastic and I had that to go upon and people pushing me to to do what I love. I mean, they they wanted me to do everything but music, but they knew that. They're like, Hey, it's your passion. We're a hundred percent behind you. Go to college and work really oh, hard. That was a deal. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a deal, but they, they, if I if I decided not go to college, if I want to work at McDonald's, they'd be like, "If that's what you want to do, then we'll love you, and you you can do that all day long." Um, but because they did such a good job, and like, you know, they that wasn't something. So, am, am I lucky in that aspect? A hundred percent. There's people that do not have those advantages. You know, we didn't have a lot of money. My dad was a musician, so we grew up fairly poor so like financial well-being was not something i've ever known you know um and being in la it's very expensive to live yeah. here and it's just like you know through luck that i've been able to kind of amass a career and like buy a house and have a nice car and have a huge drum collection through hard work and yeah. and not having those things you know um growing up like being poor also was something i'm like i don't want to not have money and financial well-being so that was also something that pushed me not to get off topic but parents easy answer mom and dad seeing that and and knowing how to treat people with respect and and love one another you know and um there's a lot of wise words that are in songs you know being a huge beatles fan they talked a lot about love and and treating each other with respect and you can't buy love you know yeah exactly can't buy me love exactly yeah. There are kids right now who feel entitled. Something. Ooh, we're about to get dark here. I have a lot of feelings on this. Okay, keep going though. I want to know your feelings on this. <laughs> <laughs> we did say nothing is off the table. Off, off the table. Yeah, there are nothing out of bounds. Okay. I'm a, I'm, I don't hide anything. Like, you can ask me any question. Any of my friends can ask me a question. I'm going to give you how I feel. Yeah. I'm completely fine with you. If you disagree with me, that's fine. I think that's the... We live in a, a country where that is accepted. Right. And we're very lucky is for it? that. It, it is. People may disagree with you, but that's if they you can't believe that, then that's fine. As long as you don't physically, like, yeah. harm me or come at... Like, well, you know, they've canceled a lot of people because of... Yes. Disagreements. Disagreements. I mean, okay, so you should never make somebody feel bad about color of skin. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, sexual preference, whatever yeah, it yeah. might be, a political preference. Like, listen, I believe in one thing and you can believe in the other. That's fine. That's fine. But don't, you know, don't make me, don't don't push your values and views on me and make me try to do them or like vice physically versa. Yeah. and vice versa. Don't physically harm me in any way. And it's fine. You know what I mean? As long as you don't do those things, I'm fine with it. Um, but entitlement is the one thing. Yeah, there you go. It's Ooh, on could, a daily I could, basis. I could see the change Ooh. in your face. Ah. No, because I hate that too. And it's all over. It's it. I mean, I'm I'm getting to be. I'm 38, almost 40. I've lived. Uh, you know, I'm, we're getting up there in age, and I've seen a lot, and I've seen the world change. Just like maybe our parents and grandparents saw right. the world change, and they're like, okay. 
this is well what's happening with these kids these days yeah but i think it's more than that now that the entitlement when you see it driving around the city or you see it with people in line someplace or the way people treat each other on some show whatever reality show or it's the little things on a daily basis where i'm like wow these people really don't give a can i say the f word they don't give a shit about what anybody to, what else. What happened to the F word? I tell you, I, I, I mean, I'll <laughs> drop it if I need to. I'm not a. I'm. I will drop it if I'm. But but it's true, yeah. Entitlement and like going along with that. Also, something that I don't believe in is I grew up playing sports, and again, being on a team and working with people and that mentality is a big part of who I am and why I can be such a good band member or work with somebody in that scenario. And, and also developing my skill when you're in a sports team, you are continually training every day, twice a day, all day long to make yourself better over your entire career. And that's what being a musician to me is as well. Some people view it as like, Oh, I'm an artist and I'm just going to be happy with, you know, playing, you know, quarter notes and in this song, that's a whatever. And that's great. But for me, that's not what I want to do and not what I feel is my goal. So with sports nowadays, like I have, I, I teach drums as well and, and I'm a bit of a career coach. So when I have students come in of, of specific ages and they're like, oh yeah, I had a baseball game and they go, oh cool, did you win? And they go, well, we didn't keep score. I go, right? This is a thing where you don't keep score now. Everybody gets a trophy. There's no winners. Oh my God. Again, you can... I am. If you want to not have a winner, but my opinion is that is that you're 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 stunting development of children. Yes. If there if you don't lose at something, it, it, that's a big problem for me. Like it's because my biggest like lessons were when I lost and learning how to deal with the loss and making myself better. So next time, maybe I'll lose again. Maybe I'll lose ten times in a row, but I'll I keep working towards that win. And now, like, if you don't have the goal of being able to win something, everybody just gets a participation trophy. Yeah. That's not a good thing, in my opinion. And mine, I, mine you too. know. It's like, it's like saying, your dog will never die. Yeah. It, that's not reality. Right? And I And I'm, I'm truly worried about the future if that's the mentality of the younger generation that's growing up through that. And the... um you can't do you can't do all this stuff and you have to you know it's you have to be so politically correct that there's just there's no losing and there's no setbacks for people until you get into the real world and that's just not how about this debate isn't even in kids vocabularies nowadays they don't even know what a debate is at all yeah that's not something that yeah it's just and that's and that's eventually going to be a huge issue i mean it's already starting to be, you can see it coming up where like right. everything's not fair. Life is not fair. You have to work hard and yeah. you're going to have setbacks. And, uh, and that ties back into the mental health of like right. yeah. the reality of what life is. And people like all of a sudden getting put out into the wild and like, Oh my God, I, what I have competition to get this job. I'm not going to make money. What am I going to do? And like, how come it, how come it, like, uh, you know, a friend of mine actually said the reason why I didn't become a basketball player was because my mom never pushed me to practice. I'm like, you're kidding me, right? Because 
my dad didn't want me to play drums and told me that I had to leave the house if I wanted to play drums. And I left the house because I wanted to play drums. It was the mom never forced me to practice basketball. That's why I never became a good basketball player. I'm like, you on drugs or something? Right, right. Agreed, agreed completely that. Yeah. Let's talk about let's talk about you being a career coach because that's that's important. I mean, with your mindset, it would be nice for you to actually really open the eyes of a lot of people. Like, let's say, what? Why would someone need a career coach? Is that person trying to get into his first career or pivoting to a different career? Where do you come in? So, it's not just specifically music. Like, no, this is you know life I mean? in general. This yeah, is- life in general. It's not like I. I mean. I would love to be a keynote speaker at some presentation for some company and go and why like, not and play you know play play some music for for them to start out have a drum kit on stage yeah. but then come up with a microphone and be like listen this is my this is how I got here this is what I do mm. this is my daily work ethic and and apply those things and luckily I did go to college and I was lucky enough to get a degree and so right. I, I have that knowledge but also a daily working knowledge of of those relationships I've built and with people and companies. Um, I'm very proud of all the companies that I'm, that I work with and I'm sponsored and endorsed by. Like that's a major part of my career is like, those are goals of yeah. DW drums and Remo drum heads and, and uh, innovative percussion sticks and Roland per, uh, electronics and uh, tuner fish lug locks. My whole gamut of, of all the companies that I'm with like that, those are major accomplishments. So developing relationships and being able to go in front of, of people and, be like, hey, so this is how I do this, and you're gonna deal with difficult people. Here's how you get. Here's how you can address those difficult people, and like, give them advice. And like, I've got a, a whole thing that I that I do to help people, and I, I think that's it's fun for me. Like you're saying, could I be a lead singer for a band? Yeah, I could, but it's not something that I I would excel at. But I can go out in front of people and speak to them and connect to them and, and motivate and inspire is something I love doing. Just with my friends, even you know what I mean, and like. I had a dear friend of mine. He's he's a drummer in a huge, major, major band, huge, and like he's having a rough stint right now. Um, the band's not playing as much. He's having relationship troubles, and and he's he's just been like he came in. We were hanging out the other day, and he got, I he just walked in. He was I could feel the negativity. Like you can like people are of course my yeah. Level. I was like oh god, like dude, so heavy, so heavy. I go man, come on you and like I'm very real with people. I, I'm I have. I'm 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 a good ear and I will listen, but I'm also not like going to be somebody who be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, you're better than this. You have to be stronger. Yes. I feel bad for you right now. Everybody's got difficult stuff to deal with, and some people have it worse than others, depending on you know financial hardships or family situations or whatever it might be. It's just about how you mentally can push through that. And and he was having one of these times, and he just needed me to. He didn't need me to. He didn't ask me to, but I knew that as a good friend and I could see him struggling, I needed to push him a little right. bit in a, in a kind of, a, you know, a little bit of an a, aggressive way to be like, man, I know you and you know me. You're stronger than this. You need to push through right now. And I know I know it sucks. I, I'm, I, I can't even imagine what you're going through. See, that's the empathy right there. I mean, you gave him empathy, but you're not you're not actually subscribing to the victim mentality that he's having oh, that day. Wonderfully, wonderfully put. 
So I wanted him to know that I, I do empathize with him. But at the same time, when I've been <laughs> in those situations, I don't let myself off the hook, and I'm not letting him off the hook. Correct. And it took him. He got mad at me. He goes, <laughs> you know, he, he didn't get like yell at me and swing at me, but he got angry. He goes, oh, you don't, yeah, I disagree with you. And he stormed off. And it was about a half hour later. He came back and he goes, man, I'm sorry. Can we hug? I'm really, you're right. right. You're right. Right. It, it took him a second to process it. And so it might have taken, some people might take a yeah. week. Um, but it was the fact that I wasn't going to let him get away with doing that to himself. Cause I, I know that, you know, he's strong and, and uh, I was able to motivate him to push past that day and all the just terrible stuff that was happening and be like, listen, push like tomorrow's going to be a better day. Work hard towards other things in your life and keep pushing. This episode is brought to you by Leo Bato and Associates, ang realtor na pato. So that's the career coach in me. So personal development, that could be another long-term career. Yeah, yeah, right. And it's so weird. No? I, I guess TED Talk would be another long-term yeah. end game for you. Yeah, no, I mean, I was a part of a master class this uh, last year, and uh, I, I wasn't the, the sole focus of it. It was the band. Um but it was great to hear them and how they did a masterclass and being a part of that and that that process of like teaching from real life experiences yeah. and they huge band huge band and it was great to hear their stories of like what what their setbacks were and in the things that they went through and they're being poor or coming from a bad neighborhood and people their parents telling them you can't do this and leave the house if you decide to do this because you're supposed to be a doctor not a not a guitar player and uh and then writing hit songs like how do you write hit songs well i mean you're lucky if you if you have that ability but just keep working it's uh, a friend of mine bobby stein love you bobby he's a so, he, he's a he's a songwriter here in la i play for him in his band he's also one of my dear friends and his his term is shots on goal he keeps shots writing. on goal he have he hasn't had a hit song he's had some success but he hasn't had that hit song and uh brilliant man and his term is shots on goal, playing soccer uh, or football, depending on what part of the yeah. world you're in. So playing football or soccer. And in soccer, you shoot at the goal yeah. a lot. And usually it's stopped. Yep. You know, it's not like football where there's lots of touchdowns scored Here in the you U.S. Know. You get two to one, you're good. Yeah, right. Maybe, yeah, exactly. And that's also a high-scoring game. Yeah. So he calls it shots on goal. Like you can kick that ball at that goal hundreds of times and it might not go in at all, but keep trying to shoot that ball in shots on goal so that's something i took from him and i think it's i think it's great advice of it is you know what i mean you're still playing the game you're still trying you're still getting better you're learning your opponent's moves and how to get around them and how to you know maneuver in i mean in life it's just a big metaphor right so you just learn how to you know get around your defender you know what's what's nice about about that kind of uh, philosophy is that you're okay being rejected you just need to keep doing it and doing it. Change your style. Yeah. yeah I mean, eventually you're gonna you're gonna get a goal in. Yeah. You're, eventually, a goal is gonna go in. Yeah. Maybe it's not gonna win the championship game, yep. but you're gonna score that goal. Yep. And uh, here, uh, here's a side fact about me. I love sports. I played soccer. Was my first sport. I was a large child. I was about 300 pounds. Easy playing soccer. Worst player on the team could barely <laughs> could barely run up the field, never scored a goal. Until this day, there's one time ingrained in my brain where the coach finally put you know the fat kid in off the bench, couldn't do anything, and like a miracle happened. I the 
the ball was in front of me. Nobody was around me. I was I was running towards the goal, kicking the ball, and the goal was wide open. Like I could have just because the for some reason the goalie was pulled, and I tripped and fell over the ball, and the ball rolled out of bounds, and I didn't score my goal. And after that, I <laughs> I quit soccer because I realized that first of all it was not my game. But I never scored that goal. But I moved on to a different sport and things that. What I was what was the next sport? Baseball. After that, which were you good? Not at first. But I loved it. I love baseball, and then uh, I became good. And like some people, just are not good at specific yeah. sports due to size issues, and right. you know. But also that motivated me to become in shape and 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 improve myself. So baseball led to football, which led to rugby, which led to wait, basketball. Wait, wait, wait! When you when you played football, what position were you in? When I was larger, I was offensive and defensive line. When I started to lose weight to become more in shape, I returned to the linebacker. That was a linebacker on defense. Did you know that when I when I talk to um, to bands, um, I use football as a metaphor, and I always tell the drummer that you're the quarterback. Yeah, your vocalist is the wide receiver. It's always like that because when I see a timid drummer, I I keep telling you cannot be timid as a drummer, no. Because as the drummer, you are the quarterback. The play starts with you. Your fame goes to the wide receiver because he's the one that goes to the end zone and does all the touchdown and all that stuff, and all the chances. Yeah, but the quarterback equally gets all the credit and all that stuff because if he messes up the play, yes, there's no. I, I, we, we might be maybe we're a tad biased because we are drummers <laughs> but i agree with you um any of my favorite bands or any great band has a usually has a really great drummer and i think that's very true like without a drummer driving the bus and like leading the way and being confident in what they're doing yeah the band tends to not be as good if they don't have that member of that just like you know a football team can be great they can have great running backs mm. and wide receivers yeah but if they don't have a good quarterback it's hard to it's hard to win that game right you know what i mean that precision yeah there move there i got you yeah yeah that's our role here yeah. that's our that's our job that's a job drummers yeah exactly i agree and i mean that's my mindset is i'm the rock of yeah. the band there's a movie uh the Tom Hanks movie, uh, that thing you do. Have mm. you seen that thing you do? Yeah. So there's a like it's the the development of that band, and I thought it was great um, when they do like their, I am Spartacus. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But he wasn't always Spartacus. Nope. They did that first gig. Yep. And it was too fast. Vicksburg and Pittsburgh is the yes. the scene we're in the theater, and like the drummer blows it. Like uh -huh. he like the pressure and like he can't hold together, and the band's falling apart. Yep. But then the next gig, like he has the talk, and he's like, "Okay," he puts the glasses on, and you know, I'm Spartacus. That's his thing. And whatever your thing is, yeah. get in that mindset. And um, I had just yesterday, actually, a friend came up to me, and they're like, "When I'm talking to you in person, you're Zach. You're like cool dude." And like, but when you go on stage, like, there's a there's switch. a change. There's yeah. a switch, and all of a sudden, you're this you're driving this massive battle. You know, you're you're leading the charge in the battle. You're driving that. You know, from behind. And it's uh, and that's very much it's a mentality you have to have as a drummer is leading the band. And it, there was a show two weeks ago. I was playing for this a fantastic pop singer. We were up at this festival in Lancaster, and 
we didn't you know sound wasn't working right and like it was hard to hear and things were going on and like they got a little flustered but they turned around and looked at me and we we pushed through and because i was you know yeah you have to rise to that occasion that energy has to come from you yeah so they everybody looks to the drummer what what do they happen like if you watch a band and usually the audience doesn't necessarily know there's something wrong on stage but when band members turn around they look at the drummer usually they're going to them for support and confidence and to just get back on track yep you know so and 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 that's that's a privilege that we have yes and uh, i mean it's you know that's it's it's a responsibility a big responsibility Yeah, and and you know what? It's it's nice to know that you're, not only are you using that energy toward drumming, but you're actually disseminating it and evangelizing it toward other people that they can use in their work life. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, if you're the quarterback, like as a metaphor for your um, whatever scenario you're in at a job, whether you're even a manager, in a sales group, even sales sales group, because the manager is the is the the wide receiver or the vocalist, yeah, right? Yeah. And you, as one of the the team members, you be the quarterback. You be that that person with the high sales uh, number at the end of the month. Yeah. And yeah. Helping helping the team, inspiring the team. Yeah. Oh Absolutely. My God, yeah. I mean, and that again, it's, it's any career. Like, yes that there's got to be that leader that people can turn to yes maybe you're not that leader maybe you're just the bass player which a very important part of the whole process there's everybody's got a valuable role so maybe you're the bass player hypothetically or maybe you're the assistant bass player what would that be in uh um in football that would be defensive also or offensive that would be the person uh, who, who does protect the blind side I mean that would be offensive line. That'd be the 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 tackle, the left tackle. The left tackle, right? The yeah, bases, right? That's the base. I mean, okay. Do we do we put the keyboard player as a cheerleader? No, just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what would the cheerleader be? But yeah. but yeah, no. Every, because everybody has a role. Everybody has a role. Everybody's valuable. Yes. But there's a, you know there's a band set up in a way, and like you know drums are the center focus. It's the main rhythm. Right. Usually we're running tracks if there's tracks yep. or we're keeping time we're having yep. the tempos we're, we're doing the transitions between songs yes and, um so very much it's the quarterback of a band i mean i'm sure there's people that disagree you know lead singers especially be like well i i'm the, I'm the lead singer i'm the quarterback you're the wide receiver i i, 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 I you get telling, all the fame and glory yeah and, i keep telling the, like a singer came up to me and actually <laughs> said zach he was like no i'm the quarterback of my band i disagree because um Someone's got to throw you the ball, man. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who's throwing you the ball? Oh, yeah. This guy. No. Like, one, two, three, four. Like, right. even, even the next song. Even the next song. Who decides? Like, if the singer looks at us and we're like, huh? yeah. there goes the momentum of yeah. the show and all right. that stuff. Yeah. Or if the tempo's wrong, if it's uh, too slow ooh. or too fast. Yep. Trains coming off the tracks. Yeah, that's like throwing the ball the wrong way. Oh, yeah. he went left. Oh. In, interception. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, well, what are you going to do? Fumble. Yeah. Yep. Good for us. Good for us being drummers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So there's you as a drummer. There's you as a... Uh, you're not... Would it, would, it, would it be better to say personal development coach or career coach? What are, what what would you rather be? Oh, I don't know. I, I don't... I use that term because it's maybe something people can relate to. I just like being able to 
use my experiences to motivate and inspire people for sure. Like what you're doing us here in the studio right now. Hopefully, hopefully, yeah. right? I mean, I don't, I don't know, you know, I don't think I'm more right than anybody else. I just use my own personal experiences and, and how I conduct myself in, in the real world in my life to be like, listen, this is a way you can do it. This is, you know, right. Am I, you know, more, am I super famous? No, not at all. But do am I working towards that? Absolutely. And in my mind, will I get there? Absolutely. Um, and do I, am I the best person every day? 100%. I don't ever treat anybody with disrespect. I try my hardest every day. And with that in mind, like you can't do wrong, you know, and uh, it's not saying I don't have setbacks or have bad days. Absolutely. What do you do with bad days? What do I do with bad days? I don't have bad days. I probably have bad hours. I don't let myself reel. I'm, I'm not, I don't have that gene. I won't let myself reel and go into my mind. So how do you smack yourself mentally when you're having a bad hour? There's a part of like, usually I'll let, if I'm feeling really bad or something terrible happens, I'll let myself grieve or process for a little bit, but I don't let, I, I'm aware of it. I'm going, okay, it's been a couple hours. I feel like crap. I'm not going to help anybody around me right now. I'm not being productive. I'm me just sitting in my own sorrow is not helping me um, long term. So, I mean, you know, I'll go do something then. I'll go watch. I love movies, so I'll go watch a movie. I happy. I'll watch a comedy that I know yeah. is going to get me out of it, or I'll eat some food that I love, or I'll go have a drink. You know, um, actually, it's not true. I don't. I don't like drinking if I'm in a bad mood. I won't ever have a drink. Dr I, I only drink to enhance my mood. So Captain Midnight doesn't come out. Captain Midnight oh. won't come out unless he's in a good mood. He's very happy. Okay. So like if I'm having a bad day, I actually won't drink alcohol. Um, just because I think that enhances whatever mood you're in. So if you're yeah. in a negative mood, I think it makes it brings you darker. So um, that's actually not true. And that's good advice. Drink to enhance your mood. If you're in a bad mood, you should not drink. If you're in a good mood, it's only going to make things happier right. and more fun for me. Um, so I lost my train of no, thought. No, no, that's it. Um, bad hour. How yeah. do you have to get out of that? Just use things that like bring happiness. Go go outside, you know. Go give my dog a hug or, you know, or ask for a hug. Like I'll go up to Kim. I'll be like, can I just have a hug, you know. If the, I, you should not be ever too proud to go up to somebody and be like, hey. Or call a friend and be like, right. hey, bud, like this happened. I'm like. I'm in, I'm in a rut. Can you just, you know, can we just go hang out or just talk to me? You know I was going to ask you about that because that's vulnerability and, and, um, men have this preconceived notion that, Oh, I can't show vulnerability. I mean, that's, that's not how men are, but the way I'm perceiving, the way I'm hearing what you're saying is that it's okay to be vulnerable to people that you care. And yeah, I mean, uh, I am, I'm from Wisconsin, you know, where, you know, men are men and yeah, vulnerability is not something that like, that's sometimes viewed as a weakness. Um, and as are other parts of, you know, specific neighborhoods and parts of the country, like vulnerability is a weakness to right. most people's eyes. Um, I don't view it as that way. I just, I view it as like, uh, again, I, I can't, by the way, I agree with you on that. Do you? Okay. Yeah. Big, big time. Because, I think it takes real men to admit that they're not in a good place right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it takes I, guts. It's guts. Yeah. And it's especially important to admit when you're wrong. Yes. It, which is, I mean, that's hard for anybody to admit when they're wrong. But it's, if you can do that 
and come through, even if it takes you a minute to, to be like the process. Uh, okay. I'm wrong. I'm sorry. I'm going to work. I'm going to work next yeah. time to be better at this. And, and you know, um, and that's good for relationships. You know, everybody has to deal with, you know, that their significant other, right. If you're lucky enough to have one and going through that kind of scenario with it's, you know, in the heat of an argument or something like both sides would be like, Oh, you know, F you or F you and blah, blah, blah. And we're off to the bedroom. But then it's being able to come back together and be like, okay, let's work through this. I probably wasn't right in this way. And hopefully you can admit that you weren't right in that way. <laughs> Somebody goes, I wasn't right in this way. And damn right. You're not right. Yeah. Right. I mean, <laughs> sometimes that's the, but, um, <laughs> it's like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> Happened to me. Hi, baby. Just yeah. Kidding. Hey, hey, Kim, just kidding. You're always right. Yeah. No. Um, advice, advice to kids. We talked about the title, man, but I want to land it here. Advice, not only to kids, but people who always have excuses of why they couldn't take the next step or why they couldn't experience any breakthrough in their lives. What advice can you give them? People with excuses. That's, that's a hard one to break through to, in my experience. When people just keep continually making excuses and pushing blame on other people, that is the hardest type of person to break through to, in my experience. And really the advice that rings truest to me is advice to them and their friends. Huh? I mean, really it's the people around, like the, the people around them. The only, so it's hard to give them advice. You really, I've never been able to give good advice to somebody like that. That me isn't willing too. to accept it. It's really difficult. Like that somebody just pushes blame on everybody else because I mean, they, they don't, they're doing it. It's, it's a, it's a coping mechanism yeah. usually. And it's hard to get through to them. So, it's more of a gang mentality that I've had luck with is being like, okay, listen, you know, Charlie's having, he's, he's pushing blame off again. He's, he's going down this dark hole of, and he's keeps blaming everybody and his, he's struggling in his career and his life. And we're all mad at him. It's going to be rough. I mean, it's an intervention. Basically you have right. to, I mean, it's not as formal as that, but like it has to come from multiple people for somebody to realize. And they're probably going to rebel at that initial point of contact they'd be like no i'm what are you guys talking about like i'm no that that happened because of of that guy and it takes sometimes more than one individual to break through to somebody like that sure. that's the only success that i've had is kind of find some shared friends or family members and sit, yeah you know and i mean oh and it's an, it's an it's intervention and that's the word for it if you i had know what? oh it. my god now that you mentioned that it's true. It has to be more of like a gang kind of thing because if one person in that gang suddenly empathizes with Charlie and and says, oh, there's, there's nothing wrong with Charlie. Everything's out the window. And then Charlie's validated by that You're one right? person. Yeah. It only takes one. It just takes one. Yeah, and there are those people out there that they're just going to be like, oh, I love Charlie or maybe I don't want to make Charlie mad or... So I'm going to, that person can't be a part of it. It has to yes. be a united front yes. of people that have the similar understanding yep. and see the same problems. So individually, I can't do anything in that case. Never had luck with it. But have I brought in friends or like even in personal relationships uh, with women for, for me, um, 
that's the only way sometimes I've been able to break through and make progress. And even in that, it'd be like bringing in some of their friends and be like, yeah, so this is what I'm going through. Want to get your opinion on it. Do you see this sometimes as well? And they're like, actually, yeah, I do see that. And then we're like, you know, when we're hanging out, we'll just go have dinner and just casually bring it up and be like, hey, so we've all noticed this. And instantly that that door slams shut on people. They they go into defense mode. Oh, yeah. Instantly, you just have to you have to anticipate that's going to happen. But it's how you get around that wall that you can really help somebody. And um, it's tricky. It's not in those cases. It's very tricky. So there's not an easy way around it. You just know that. You have to be there for them and have the support of their friends. And also, I mean, it's not bullying, but you have to be a little right. more aggressive with it. Right. In that, you know, with that firm, I guess, firm, firm, yeah. firm gang mentality to help somebody, you know, and uh, it doesn't always work, but that's the best way to go about it. Regrets in life. Regrets in life. Mr. St. John. I don't really have, I, I've, I live life about not having regrets. Um, I'm a workaholic. I wish I went home to visit my mom more often, my family in Wisconsin. That, that would be the one thing. It's not a regret because they all know that I'm pursuing my career and my passion and my love in life. But yeah, I don't get home to Wisconsin nearly enough. Mom comes out here and visits from time to time. But uh, if I had a, a regret, which is not, but I can see in the future, you know, once, you know, I already lost my father, so... Um, but he was my biggest fan and he knew I was out here doing what, what I had to do to, to do this. So, um, that would be it. Yeah. More time family, no matter who you are, your family is, that's it. Yeah. Friends and family are what are going to be there for you. So it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you don't have that, you don't have anything. Yeah. Well, health to it, but friends and family. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Zach St. John. Post everything about Zach in the description, so just check the notes and please support all his projects. Let's make this happen, people. <laughs>